ashamed of my own shit I exploded By then the stench is so sick Yeah this party's so big But honestly Came to find someone to go home Honestly it's no big Deal if I don't It said that hope floats I'm at home with the roses Honestly I know this Honestly I fall asleep And keep choking Honest prognosis I like the will to breathe Kill it will to beast Wish my baby life But he's still deceased And it's killing me Honestly I can't write about it Three make a family And honestly Staying home is hard for me, pardon me But it broke my heart and tore apart its arteries Honestly, I put down the cards and start to leave But it breaks my heart to leave a part of me, baby, part of me Honestly, I'm no better off alone Honestly, if I left, I'd never let you off the phone I've been a lot of places and never caught a home Nothing to keep me warm but the worst part of growth Honestly, honestly, it's just a natural function Tell them what you really feel Honestly, nothing Function. Tell them what you really Yeah, feel. honestly, nothing. Yo. Yo. Honestly, listen to the 97 rock copy. My two favorite bands, Colossal and Propaganda. There's a whole world outside of hip hop, and honestly, it's all on my iPod and inside of me. Honestly, pop, hip pop, and I do not agree. Honestly, I feel the greatest rapper that's alive is me. Now I mean, okay, yo, I'm Josh, and honestly, actually, I think it's Ghostface and maybe. Welcome everyone, you are listening to the Friday Night Groove with your host, Roosevelt Belton Jr., better known as simply R.B.J. for short, and in this episode, I'll be sitting down with Ja Connery, the Detroit-based rapper and producer, as we discuss the release of his latest album, Nah. So, Sit back and relax as we kick off the episode with this song, Honestly. The interview will follow shortly after. So, peace. Thank you. Let's groove.
This is the Friday Night Groove with your host, Roosevelt Belton Jr., better known as simply RBJ for short. And right now, I'm joined for a special session with Detroit-based rapper and producer, Ja Connery, here to talk about the release of his latest album, Nah, Ja Connery, welcome to the program. How are you tonight? Good, Roosevelt. How are you doing? How are you doing? Doing, doing very good. So, album's here after a very long year. How's it feeling? Feels really good. Uh, yeah, it was a really, uh, really uh, rough year, but lots of opportunity for catharsis. Got you. Got you. That's definitely one of the main points of the album. Yeah, um, absolutely. So, just looking at you as an MC uh, and a producer with 20 years under your belt, making music, what first got you interested in, you know, picking up a microphone and recording? Um, honestly, De La Soul is Dead. Um, that album, it hit me like, you know, probably years after it came out, probably around 2000, 2001. Um, I had been, you know, kind of freestyling with friends and stuff, and they were kind of egging me on and making me more interested in... Uh, in recording and uh i had a friend who was me and him were playing with beats and stuff because we kind of came up around a lot of detroit techno uh djs and stuff and we kind of felt like we're not really djs we're gonna find our way through uh music production and eventually people just enough people <laughs> pressured me into rapping <laughs> so i did it Um, so I read that you described your sound as distinctly hip hop and distinct specifically Detroit. Um, in your own words, why is Detroit a significant part of the way you approach hip hop? I think that there's kind of more of a DIY like kind of attitude in uh, Detroit music that you don't really see in a lot of other scenes. And I've just kind of come up with that mentality where like, when I say Detroit, I don't even necessarily mean like Detroit hip hop specifically, but like I kind of have just always uh, orbited around these different like underground like scenes and, and stuff. And uh, yeah, I think that there's just more of a work ethic and like kind of earnestness to Detroit music that you don't hear in a lot of other stuff. And, uh, and yeah, it's also just always where I've performed. It's just, you know, where I've been most comfortable. Uh, speaking of that comfort, I noticed when I listened to your past work and this current album as artist, when it comes to rapping, producing and performing, that you're not afraid to be yourself, oftentimes in ways that runs against the grain of commercial or standard rap. Was that something you always valued or something you learned as you advanced in your career? I think it's something that I always valued, but like maybe early on, I don't think as artists, we necessarily know how to do that effectively and charismatically. 
Um, and some of us lean into uh, goofiness a little bit more. Some of us lean into like, you know, just like being dark or, you know, whatever. And I knew at different times when I was leaning into these different things that it wasn't 100% right. But uh, yeah, I think, you know, like you said, I've been doing it for 20 years or so. And like in that time, it just becomes a lot easier to like figure out like, okay, yes, this is, this makes sense for me. But I think, yeah, it's been little pieces here and there that I've like picked up and figured out what makes, you know, what what makes sense for me in terms of what I'm what I'm doing. In lieu of truth, it's grammatically inaccurate. And if the captain can't hack the raft abandoned ship, fool me once, fuck it. In love with the dumb shits, crumbs on other men's pop full of thumbprints. Create a new law to stand above it under this God, and it's abundant. Trust it. And go sort of dipping a little bit further into, into your career, you frequently collaborate with names such as Leif Erickson, Pseudo Slang, War and Peace and Deuce Freight, just to name a few. Um, these are artists that have had a hand in almost every project you made and vice versa. When it comes to guest verses or just production, why do you find that you all trust, trust each other in a circle so much? I don't know, man. I think it's like, what makes the Detroit like, like hip hop community that I've been lucky enough to be a part of is there's just this kind of like, shared uh quirkiness to use a lack of a better better term we all just like we're all just a little bit weird but still like i don't know like vibe with that like kind of detroit traditionalist hip-hop like vibe i just think it's been it's hard to find a lot of artists that you vibe with when you're doing something so niche that like when you find you know one or two or three or four or five people that get it and like you know um you get what they're doing it's it's hard to like you know forge forward with new relationships i i you know i, I have the same friends as i've had since i was a kid my uh dj Keyflow. uh we've been friends since we were 15. i don't know i have friends i mean they're they're dear friends so it's like i just i tend to work with people i like being around so get into your latest album nah um this will be your first solo full play in about 10 years did you always plan to release the album this year or is this mo the project more of a reaction to the year we just had? Yeah, it's more of a reaction to the year we just had. I I've known that I've wanted to put something out, but I have a bunch of like different productions that um, that I've, I kind of back burnered for a minute because just so much music was coming out of me and I just felt like I needed to nail something down for myself. Plus, I've been working on collaborations for 10 years, you know, and haven't really given myself the benefit of all of my attention. I had a lot of uh, different producers throwing me like different beats and like listening to my own beats and a, a torrent of related things, semi-related songs came came up and I just had to put it out like right now, especially like some of this stuff is so like 
about right now that if it came out, you know, two years into Biden's presidency, it just wouldn't hit the same, you know? <laughs> we still need a little bit of Trump catharsis. <laughs> it is still there. I'm telling you, it's still there. Um, so this album is, from what I read, a reflection on the art of choosing nothing. Why is that something that resonates you personally and as an artist? Yeah, I think that especially when you're given like this has been such a I want to say the past year has been like this but let's be real it's been the past decade it was very like it was uh it was the contrast was being turned up everything was becoming so much more black and white all the choices were binary and uh and it was like generally like we're stuck with these really awful choices between staying in and being cool and not like in, in doing the right thing for not spreading diseases and like honoring the fact that like you need to see people <laughs> uh, like choosing between those two things that you have to do one or the other that's awful choosing between you know a candidate that a lot of us didn't necessarily want to put on the ticket and the definitely worse of two evils um, these are just choices that we have been forced to be like, well, you're either this or you're this. And so many of us are like, uh, do I have to choose A? Do I have to choose B? I'd rather just choose no. I'm trying to do my dirt live stream so you can always find me. No, I'm not grimy. I brush my teeth. Nothing but a rhyme scheme to define me tidy. And now that's not enough. Sheets are not enough. Since modern night is bus, guess I chalk it up to where the water in the shallow pockets come. Nah, nah, nah. Hey, hey, by the all I'm selling. Yeah, and, and I'd like to I'd like to add, like, that's not a it's not like um I don't say I'm not saying no or not nah as like a um as like a focus on the negative. I think it's like an act of self-love. It's like when you, you know, when people call you up and are trying to guilt you to go out and you're like, I really need rest. And you say, no, that is an act of self-love, you know? <laughs> and I think that saying no to a lot of the choices we didn't want to make this year would have been an act of self-love. And in some instances were for me. So speaking of that 10 year break where you're mostly working on other people's projects, how different was it to finally sit down and sort of make something that you were the center focus of? Well, I, you know, I think that's interesting because like, I, uh, I have a hard time focusing on myself. I'm a little bit more about like, it's easier for me to motivate when I'm working for somebody else. And, uh, I think that putting myself, it's almost been a little bit of like a security blanket between me and the, and the music listener like to have other people there with me. Being on stage was much more comfortable when I had Leif Erickson there with me or War and Peace and Keyflow um, with LXL. It, it was always a lot more, it was, it was easy to not feel like it was all on me. But um, so like, that's a little bit of like the shyness, you know? And I think like this past year, like I just went through so many personal things that like uh, I needed to come out of my shell a little bit. And the more I did, the more I kind of saw like people kind of appreciated these projects for the personality among other things, but the personality that I endowed. And I think, I think it was, I think it was time where people, you know, people who mess with me were ready to, you know, see something solo, you know? 
Plus, I didn't have to be responsible for anybody else's voice. I also didn't have to feel like somebody else's voice was responsible for me. So, I don't know. It, it just felt good. I mean, we're all isolated anyway. Know what your prize is, know what your price is. Know the vibe those who idolize control the lives with and know it all in good health. Remember it in crisis. I want to ask, like, how did how much did isolation kind of point that kind of pull that out of you? Because you necessarily couldn't reach out to those people because it either had to be email or whatever cloud thing we're using, but you can you know you couldn't perform, you couldn't go anywhere, so it was basically just you and your music. Yeah, I think it became a little bit more introspective. I've never been the kind of person who selected something based on how it's going to play live. I mean, to a little bit of a degree, but I, you know, I write whatever songs I write. I tend to select songs that will hit a crowd more if I'm playing live and leave the introspective stuff like to whatever. But the, and that ends up being a different experience for the listener, right? Like so like when I did a stream on my Twitch page, which will be up there uh, for the next like, I don't know, 55 days or something. Um, uh, it was it was a different experience, right? Um, just because the crowd engagement um, isn't the same, it's almost better because you get a more detailed like idea of what people are experiencing through the chat than you do, hey, I like this song, like, you know, uh, live, you know? Um, the most interaction you get live is somebody shouting play Freebird or you know what I mean? Like just some like live crowd antics. I don't know. It just seems a little bit more personal and uh, doing like more personal like material is more rewarding, I think. The ADHD, sometimes my lady hates me Like she Jesse and I'm Slater AC Gatorade green for these brains that go from A to straight Z Wasn't really made for racing Rap maze wallpaper gazing Fast break take fade away three Impulsive, pulse like 808 beat Can't maintain speed on a straightaway street It probably helps with the raps though Yeah, let me add some That plus a whack ass show full of assholes Last till we pass White Castle My mind Juarez Far-fetched it'll turn to El Paso Speaking of that Twitch, that Twitch stream, I noticed that you brought up um, Daniel Johnson during that stream. Oh yeah. Uh, so there's a song dedicated dedicated to him on this album, and he's also on the cover of the with the Daniel Johnson shirt. Yeah. Um. So why did you feel a connection to him when putting this album together? I've always um really admired Daniel Johnston even before I really could like had the palate to understand his work. Um, I was lucky enough to grow up uh, around people who liked a, a lot of different kind of music. And uh, one of my dad's friends, Carl, 
put me on like things like Daniel Johnston very early. And uh, so I always appreciated the DIY approach to how he did things. And I understood that he was dealing with, um, you know, some kind of uh, mental health disorder, something that like provided a further, like, like a bigger buffer between him and people who could listen to his music. And he still somehow got out there. And it's through the respect of like, you know, Kurt Cobain and like people like that who he ended up like hitting. But I mean, he was just dealing tapes from the like, like short order uh, restaurant he worked at in Austin. That's like, that's some too short stuff. It's, it's, he's like the original bedroom producer. And I, I respected him as an artist, like as, as a, like somebody who creates art and ephemera uh, well before I started to understand like how deep and sweet his music was. Rap, I've heard enough rap, I know your boss before you start to spit I'm pretty partial to a bar or a party in apartments, kid Party hard, the hardest hit, Dan Harmon, hardest big living too literal, arteries, artisan Wrist of oaks are written, coated, Wimbledon with glitch and woe Matuits and winning both, whiskey woes, will the foe Fill them in and feeling low, Dan Steely broke Reeling in the oak, dealing with the moment, stealing chokes Gallagher to and so kind of digging deeper, a little bit deeper into this album, um, you regularly self-produce your own albums, but on Nah, you trusted production to artists like Mr. Demented, A7MC, and Victor Hall. Um, these, to my knowledge, these are the most artists that you've had guest produce on an album compared to your other releases. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um yeah, if I'm really thinking about it, I think I had one other person do a beat on um, on Escape Velocity, but that's about it for my solo stuff. And I think it's just because solo stuff, it's just so easy for me to be locked in a room and do that. But like we've had like Sada Don Dada, for instance, he produced a, like an EP for Large Extra Large when we were together. Um, I like working with other artists. It doesn't always, the music doesn't always end up coming out just because I think it's harder to synchronize sometimes. But I really love the opportunity to work with somebody else and to get my head out of the actual music of it. And just like, I don't know, I almost have an easier time figuring out like vocal, like melodies and rhythms when it's to somebody else's stuff. Climbing Everest, trying to do whatever's best, trying to stay a step ahead, trying to be a better friend. Whatever happens when the, the goals keep moving ends. like the sharks do. I know the goals keep moving, but it's hard to. I know I gotta get up, but every time I start to, my knees get weak and my face turns chartreuse. Cool, use a little breath play. That's all for my chest off to chest day. Home early, left late. Time is fickle though, more spit than the piccolo. If you give it blow, timid with the written code, cause I don't wanna fuck it all up. Just wanna leave my mark, dark and tall, cut, life's harsh. So I'm giving you hugs, trying to hard. Now, when you're isolated, is it a little bit easier to kind of trust people to help get out of your own head musically? Yeah, maybe. Um, I mean, I it's it's usually like when I'm like in a social setting, it's easier to get out of my head. As an artist, I think, so maybe no, maybe I'm going to amend this and say no. What I appreciate about this experience of like um, the like kind of socially distanced uh, collaborations is like what I would do when I'm in a room with a bunch of other rappers writing 
and there's, you know, like libations being passed around and certain medications being shared. Um, it's a little bit more of a, uh, I'm not, I'm thinking, I'm writing raps that are going to like make somebody laugh or like, you know, get a reaction from the gallery, you know, <laughs> but it's like an opportunity. And this is something A7 like said to me when we um, started working together, because we have like a whole like project that's on the burner and he's not somebody I wasn't producing or I wasn't working with it with him at all until all this happened. Uh, we just, I don't know, happened to sync up through, through the email. And, uh, we just kept feeding beats back and forth. He'd send me a beat. I'd send him a beat. He raps on it. I rap, you know, like just back and forth. And, uh, I think that synergy happened because we, there wasn't all of the social dynamics playing. It was literally just us. And we're both people who are motivated by just getting in and working. Like we have been had the opportunity to sit down together in the studio and write. Um, like over the summer, we did it once. And it was just work. We just like sat down and in a couple hours, wrote a couple songs from scratch and just like, you know, um, chopped it up a little bit. But, um, you know, I guess like I'm probably a little bit, I have like social anxiety and stuff and like, so I don't know, you're getting better like writing from me when I'm not worried about what my hands look like. So there are points in this album where you focus on the challenges of 2020, but with tracks like Joy Rocker and Much Love, you make an effort to end it on a note of gratitude rather than nihilism. How important was it for you to wrap up on that note? Uh, incredibly important. And I mean, it, it literally reflects what the last like year of my life has looked like. It started very, very sour. Um, and I didn't know how... I was going to push through like mental health challenges that I was having, not to mention like the end of my marriage and just the challenge of like being a single parent in a pandemic with your kids who don't go to school no more. Um, there was a lot of things that, you know, and just like just mental health stuff, period. I needed to figure out like what to do with my head and how to gain like coping skills that we all need. But I did it, you know. Uh, this year was a lot about doing the work just on myself as a person. And like it ended on a very, very high note. And uh, yeah, I mean, that was just authentic. Joy Rock. Joy Rock.
motherfucker Avoid trying to give your boy vodka Not trying to be the young Detroit Sinatra Play coy with soy products I am not the boy nada Soy habla Can you hear me? Hear ye so just kind of kind of getting to the end, going back to the Twitch stream, I noticed that you mentioned the importance of measuring your success by your own ruler. In your own words, how much does that statement resonate after release of this album? That it, the releasing this album and kind of like the feelings that I'm left with after releasing it, um, that's kind of the theme and why I wanted to end. Like I wrote a little note to say that, you know? It's important to me because like, for instance, before I ever made music with pseudo slang, I was just a fan. Like I discovered him just like looking up stuff on undergroundhiphop.com. And I was like, wow, this is great. And then just ended up playing with them and ended up being really close friends. Same with Intricate Dialect. I was just a fan. And then we just ended up being really compatible friends, you know? The thing is, is like, while like I haven't figured out, you know, I'm not like crazy paid from my work life. I think we get caught up in that work is worth mentality. And if I really, if you took all of that out of it and asked me what I wanted out of like being a musician, I would say, well, I want to work with people that I really respect. And uh, the chance to like befriend people, I mean, like, you know, I have a song out there with Fat Cat. That's amazing. You know what I mean? Like there's, that's really all I need when I, when you really boil it down. Do I want a career where I'm on tour most of the year and can't see my kids? And, you know, it's just, I think we got to be careful what we set our sights on and uh, like narrow it in a little bit. Um, and like really think about how, like think it all the way through. All right, Jock Connery, thank you so much. Thank you, um, Roosevelt. This has been dope. You're welcome. You're welcome. Um, just any last words for we get out of here? Fly those kites. Send those notes. Be better friends in 2021. Perfect. Ja, thank you so much. All the best going forward. Yeah, thank you, Roosevelt. This has been dope. Thank you. My key was on it. Trying to unlock heaven's padlock. Hater on my side. Can't stop the force of this shamrock. Not even like I won't. Something about me can't stop Word Smith in his verse pimping Know my John Hancock Message on his paper to my cell mites Catch it like a vapor Trade a cigarette anyone to get us out of here for a favor If you get this letter see if you can send it No one I will remember Do it for the better knowing part of this level last for it Alright everyone That was my interview With Detroit's own Ja Connery if you like what you heard, feel free to follow Jaws label at modernnotartist.com to keep up with Jaws' latest work and releases. I want to thank Ja again for a wonderful interview and wish him all success in the future. So peace, thank you, and enjoy as we close out this episode with his song, Fly Kites. All the best, and catch you in the future. Peace. Put something of your very own in everybody else's skyline Is this the darkest timeline? I don't know, but I'm fine Me and Itsky off to fly Some kites We fly kites We fly kites 
We fly kites. We fly kites. We fly kites. One of the main ways to communicate and to get things from one cell to another is a thing that we call fishing. It's where you take a pair of boxers or uh, anything that's in the cell that's useful to make a fishing line. Literally, they're, they're fishing lines because that's what you do when you fish. You tie, um, get some paper, make, make a string. We do this to pass desserts. Kites, which are another word for letters, um, magazines, newspapers, anything basically that you want to get from one cell to another because there is no, absolutely no human contact. We make it and then we take it and we fling it out the